We're going to rejoice because the Lord made this day too. Amen. I'm going to be reading in Romans chapter 5, uh, a couple of verses here, and I'm going to skip around. I'm in the New King James Version. I'm going to start with verse number 12. If you'd stand for the reading in respect to God's Word. I want to read this to us. I'm going to, I'm going to add some commentary to this. Uh, I was reading in my Jimmy Swaggart Bible today, and I just like some of the stuff he was saying in this. I really enjoyed it today, and I thought, I'm going to put this right in here. So it said, Romans 5 and verse 12, it says, Sin came into the world through one person. How many knows that's Adam? It's Adam. And death, we're talking about spiritual and physical death, came through sin. All right? So death spread to everyone. Because we're all Adam's descendants. All right? We all understand that. So, so death spread to everyone because everyone sinned. Because we're all descendants of Adam. That means we're all born in sin because Adam's transgression. Okay? Then jump down to verse number 20. Uh, Romans 5, verse number 20. It says, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace abounded much more. Can I say it like this? Where sin increased, grace overflowed. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you for a few minutes with the subject. Is there any good news? The way things are going in this world, I had to ask that question today. Is there any good news? And it's a resounding yes. <laughs> yes. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's already anointed. I ask you to anoint our eyes and our ears so we can see and hear what you'd have to say to us tonight. Anoint these lips of clay, Lord, as I stand behind this sacred desk. Lord, let me speak your words if you were standing as if you were standing right here with me. I'm asking you, Lord, to let us be filled with your spirit tonight, God. Touch us. Revive us, Lord. Use us as instruments here tonight. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm excited today. I'm awake today. You can be seated, by the way. I'm excited to be here today to preach this. God's been laying this on my heart for, for quite a while. And then uh, in, the, in the news, we see these things going on. And then you just wonder, is there any good news? Is there any good news? How many can use some good news? If I come in here tonight and told you there's some good news... There's been, you know, maybe you get a text on your phone and the bank says, hey, there's some good news here. Somebody's been messing with your account and they've, they've deposited thousands of dollars in your account. We'd be all rejoicing. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know where it come from, but the Lord bless me. Amen. And run and take it out before they take it up and realize it was their mistake. No. We would all rejoice to hear the good news. We, we see babies come along, hear people getting pregnant and stuff. It's good news. And so we want to spread that good news. Man, we're having babies here in the church. How do you keep a church alive? Keep having babies. Some of you are not doing your part. I'm just telling you. So I had to step it up a little bit. But uh, anyway, <laughs> our world has, just seems to have gone crazy. If you watch the news at all, you'd think the world's just gone crazy. Every direction we look, there's evil on every hand. Would you agree with me with that? I mean, it just seems like there's evil everywhere. Humans have pushed the boundaries of evil to the point even our government legalizes evil in the name of choice and freedom. 
this is good stuff. You better get on board quick. I passed a friend of ours was in uh, down by Beaumont, I think, and, and uh, Pastor Johnson. And he said, I was preaching one day, and he had a large church. He said the people wouldn't get in with him, and he just preached and preached. He said, I just kept pushing. He said, I kept pulling that wagon up the hill is what he called it. He said, when I got to the top, he said, the spirit broke out. He said, people went to shouting and screaming. He said, sit down. I pulled this wagon up the hill by myself. I'm going to shout it down by myself too. So get in with me now so we'll shout later. Amen. Amen. Well, whether it's the sin of abortion, which is just murder, same-sex marriages or relationships, legalized alcohol and drugs, prostitution, gambling, or whatever sin you want to name, the majority of the government is down for it. The laws are down for it. My Bible still says, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall make no idols. You shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Honor your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet. And there you have the Ten Commandments. And we know there's a whole lot more than Ten Commandments in here. Jesus even added 11th. He said, this command I give to you. Right? We must get back to the Word of God. We must get back. You know what? Not just get back to the Word of God, but then obey the Word of God. What the Word of God is telling us, we have to obey it. The headlines are filled with pandemics, COVID, monkeypox. Man, that's been out here a long time. I've seen a lot of people with that. Problems and crimes. It's just looking worse and worse. Can I say it like that? It, it looks worse and worse. Everywhere we look, I'm just looking for a little good news. I'm just looking for a little good news. This past week, and including yesterday, we see where there's no regard for human life. No matter where we stand on gun laws, we should all be able to agree this is a sin problem that we're, we're experiencing right now. It's a sin epidemic. What makes a man go down and kill a, a bunch of kids, elementary kids, for seemingly no reason? I don't care what his reason was. It's sin. It's sin. It's sin. It'll always be sin. Isn't that exactly what the devil does, wants to do? John 10, 10, she's quoting my scripture. The thief comes not except to kill to kill and destroy that's what he comes for when you see things like this it's tragic yes our hearts break for these kids and these parents and, and it, yes absolutely there's no words we can even say to this situation but what we have to do is open our eyes and realize this is a sin problem this is an epidemic of sin that's what satan wants to continue doing is to kill to steal to kill and to destroy there are no words that will ever comfort the hearts of the mamas and daddies who lost their family members yesterday. No words are going to heal them. There are no words for that. Everyone is jockeying for position to chime in on how to fix gun violence. But very few are wanting to address the sin problem that manifested itself yesterday. There's a remedy for a sin-sick world. There's a place we can go to find help for our sin problem. There is good news for a man or woman that has an evil heart. That good news is Jesus. That good news is Jesus. There's no sin known to man. 
that Jesus can't take care of. There's no problem in our lives that Jesus can't take care of. There's no situation that we get ourselves into that God can't get us out of or take us through it. The answer is Jesus. The answer will always be Jesus, the Son of God. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's our Messiah. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Jesus is the one that came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Our enemy is only here to cause you and I problems, like trying to steal, trying to kill, trying to destroy. But Jesus is here to give us life and that more abundantly. Glory. Praise God. There is a little good news and I'm going to just tell you, it's a lot of good news. It's a big good news. It's an abundant, it's an overflowing of good news. It's Jesus. In a dark, dirty, dreary, I got on the D's, dreadful, dismal, and disgraceful, sinful world. We have hope. We have hope. His name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel. He is with us. His name is Wonderful Counselor. He's our Savior, our Redeemer. He's our everlasting lover. He's the bread of life. He's the pres our present help. He's the lifter of my head, the trustworthy one, my guide, my deliverer. He is the good news. <clears throat> the good news is He's the Lord over the winds and the wave that rush my boat and I'm riding in. He's my provider for all my needs. He's the one that blesses me. He's the one who bears our burdens. He's the one that lightens our load. He's the one that carries us through the rough times. He's the one who is faithful when no one else cares. He's the one that brings dead things back to life. His name is Jesus. He is the good news. In a world that's filled with political unrest, wars and rumors of wars, prejudice and racism, fathers hating sons, sons hating parents, there's still good news. Jesus is the good news. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. I didn't tell Shelly anything about this sermon and all of her songs tonight were about Jesus. 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 Whew. If Regis Fieldman still had his TV show, he's about my final answer. Jesus, Jesus, we serve a great God, and the good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word gospel simply means the good news. How many knew that already? <clears throat> that's, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of Bible 101. The gospel simply means good news. So the gospel of Jesus Christ is the good news of Jesus Christ. The good news of Jesus is that he took the sin of mankind, placed it on his shoulders, nailed it to the cross, and then he said, it is finished. Oh, the perfect sacrifice was given for me. What I couldn't do for myself, Jesus paid it all. The price was now paid for our sins. Jesus made a way of escape from the sin penalty. Sin no longer has any rights on us. How many knows that sin has no rights with you? You were born into it, but Jesus paid the price. He's just wanting us to accept that free gift of salvation. Sin doesn't own you anymore. Sin no longer has rights to us. The sin nature that we were born with can be wiped out with a simple confession. Believing in our heart. Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave. And all this was in the process of the cross. Amen. Pharisees couldn't stand him. The cross couldn't hold him. Death couldn't handle him. The grave couldn't keep him. Jesus is the resurrection and life. 
John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. The good news is that God loved you and me so much that he gave. How many knew that? He gave, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn us, but into the world through him that we might be saved. It's a love story. There is good news. It's a love story. He came to save us. He didn't want anybody to die. Luke tells us of Christ's mission while he was here on earth in Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. There is good news. Why are you crying then, Pastor? It's good news. I'm excited. It's emotion that I have. I'm excited that there is good news in this lost and dying world, this sin-filled world. There is good news, and His name is Jesus. No matter what you're going through tonight, Jesus is your good news. Yes, but Pastor... It is good news that Christ has redeemed us and our place in eternity is said, but what about the problems I'm having right here tonight? What about the problems I'm having today and yesterday, last week, last month, last year? Can I tell you that God cares about the littlest things that are going on in your life right now? He definitely cares for all the big things. He cares about the little things that's going on in our life. He cares when your coffee maker breaks down. That would be discouraging for most of you, I know. I'm not a coffee drinker. But when I drunk soda, if there would have been no more Coke, I would have moped. He cares when the kids are driving you crazy. Oh, Lord. He must care all the time then. He even cares when the drivers are all needing their driver's license revoked. I was driving along one time. I had the boys in the car. And I said, wouldn't it be nice if you could just revoke people's license and they had to get off the road? And so we were driving along. After a while, somebody, they just cut us off. I said, revoked. After a while, somebody turned, no signal, revoked. Just one, one violation after another, revoked, revoked, revoked. I said, see, see how many people wouldn't be out here? It'd be clear sailing. You wouldn't have any problem. God even cares when your kids drink all the milk and don't tell you, and it's late at night, and you're 11 o'clock, and you went in there to have some mini wheats, frosted mini wheats, and you just taste them, and you go open the refrigerator, and there's like that much milk. I think, God, what would you have me do to these kids? I know what I want to do to them. God cares. He cares. God cares also that we have loved ones that are lost and going to hell. 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but in long suffering towards us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He cares. God, God also cares when you have a broken relationship with your children, your spouse, your parents, family, or friends. We need to realize that we need the Holy Spirit working in our lives on a daily basis because we're a broken people. We are a broken people, but there's good news. 
We have Jesus. We have Jesus. Listen at this. It, this is in the King James Version, Luke 4 and 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering, from the, the, uh, recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. Did I read that to you? I've got it in here like two or three times, so I just I want to make sure I keep reading it to you. I want you to understand that Jesus is the ultimate anointed one. He is. And he preaches the gospel to the poor in spirit. You know, you read that scripture, well, he just preaches the gospel to the poor people. Has their pockets hanging out and there's nothing, no money in it. No, the poor in spirit. He preaches to everyone, but the poor in spirit need him. And you have to look up to see the bottom of the door. Jesus is there for you. Trust him. My grandpa used to say, God will pull you through a knot hole if you can stand the pool. You ever see a knot hole? That would hurt. But if you can stand the pull, he's going to pull you through. We wrote a song years ago that said, I tied a knot in the end of my rope. How many's ever seen that cat that's just hanging onto that rope forever? That, that pelican or whatever it was that was holding, that would have been a good, hang on. You have hope. You have hope. There is good news. Jesus is still there for you. Jesus said he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Man alive. I want you to know that sin is the heartbreaker. Sin is the, what breaks your heart. Sin breaks the man's heart. Sin breaks the heart or else it's responsible for being the, 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 the problem that's causing you to be a broken heart. Sin is the cause of that. There is good news. Only Jesus can heal the broken heart. You may find some distance from a broken heart. Somebody may pass away in your life. They say time heals all. No, it doesn't. You're still going to love that person. You're still going to miss that person forever until you put your foot in the grave. You're still going to miss that person. But you know what? God can comfort you. He can lead you through ways. He can take you to places you never thought you could walk through. And you know what? You don't want to walk through it without Jesus anyway. Hallelujah. He will comfort you. Well, let me get back to my sermon. I'm almost done. I'm, I'm, I'm going quick tonight. I, I'm I'm. Time conscious tonight, so it's going to happen quick. Wow. I, I mentioned that time will heal. Time, time doesn't heal. I'll just tell you, God heals. Here's what's going to happen. If you're waiting on time to heal, the next time you hear that person's name, it's going to aggravate you again. It's going to hurt you again. If you see that situation come up again, you're like, here it goes again. That memory's going to come right back to you. But when you give it to God... God will heal the broken heart. God will heal the broken heart. What you, what you thought I could never get over, God takes you over. There's been situations in my life, there's like, there is no way I could forgive that person. Even though I know the Bible says I'm not going to heaven unless I forgive that person. And God does a work in me when I give it to him and I start praying for that person. Father, you've seen what they did. What they did was absolutely wrong. It was sinful what they did to me. But when I start to pray... <laughs> He breaks my heart for them. After a while, I can't be mad at them anymore. I forgive them. It's through Christ. It's not something Drew does. It's through Christ. He is our good news. He'll bring this through these brokenheartedness situations. Only Jesus heals what, what's broken in man's heart. No money, cars, boats, houses, 
relationship, men, women, vacations, drugs, alcohol, or jobs are going to satisfy a broken heart. Only Jesus, because he is the good news. He said he was anointed to preach deliverance, which refers to the cross. Listen at this, John 8, 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I told you the story, Taylor's favorite scripture when he was little was this, because he tore something up of mine, and, and he come and told me about it. And when I didn't spank him, then he sat there for a few minutes. He said, Dad, I told you the truth, and the truth set me free. That's not quite what the scripture means. But if we'll know Jesus, the truth, the life, the way, right? John 14 and 6, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. When we know Jesus... He is the truth. He is the life. He is the way. And we have to understand that we have our freedom in him. If we want to be free from sin in any form, you have to know the truth. And the truth is the good news of Jesus. It is Jesus Christ. Amen? He said he was anointed to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind. Let me tell you something. The gospel, the good news, opens the eyes of those who are spiritually blind. It does. When we read it, it is anointed. That's why a sinner can read the Bible and get saved with nobody even talking to him about it. It's anointed. It has revelation, and God gives revelation when you're reading that book. But you need to understand when you're spiritually blind, you need revelation to open your eyes. The gospel opens the eyes to those who are spiritually blind. And to set at liberty them who are bruised, the things that seem to come at us so fast in life sometimes places a person in a mental or spiritual prison. Now, this, I want you to get this tonight. The Lord alone, Jesus, Jesus Christ, and through what he did at the cross, can open the prison doors. It doesn't matter if it's a, a mental or a spiritual problem that you have. Jesus is your answer. Jesus is your good news. Amen. I'm done. Here's my last statement. Stand on God's word. It's another instance where we need to let our faith rise to the occasion. You think, well, you said stand on God's word. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Because we can read God's word and still not believe God's word. We can. I want to read something out of this Bible if I can read it. It's so tiny. Believe God's word to be true. When we have conflict, problems, or tragedies, we've got to lean on God. We've got to lean on Jesus. Why? Because he's the good news. He's the good news. Lean on the word. Lean on the truth. Lean on Jesus. Uh, 1 Timothy 1.16. However, for this reason I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show all longsuffering as a pattern to those who are going to believe on him for everlasting life. I read that scripture because of this. I don't even know why, why this scripture come to me, but it come to me. And so I, I looked it up. I thought, well, what, what is this thing talking about to me? And I want to read you this commentary out of here. And this is so good. It says, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy? The commentary says, one might say it this way, because Christ came to save sinners I obtain mercy. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's good news. That's good news. 
that in me first Jesus Christ may show forth all long suffering. The commentary says the rep- uh, representative instance of God's long suffering to a high handed transgressor, all right, for a pattern. The apostle is saying that if the Lord would do such for Paul, he would do it for anyone. Praise the Lord. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he did for Paul, he will do for us. Amen. How many knows what Paul's profession was before he became Paul the apostle? We could call him Paul the killer, Paul the murderer. <laughs> he persecuted the church. That's what he was doing. The last part of this verse says, to, to them which should hereafter believe on him, on Christ and what he did at the cross, to everlasting life, without beginning or end, that which has always been and always will be. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was the good news yesterday. He was the good news today. He's the good news tomorrow. You following? I'm done. Would you stand? Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. I ask you right now, Father, as we come to this moment, Lord, we're going to take some time and pray. I'm asking you, Lord, for each individual. Lord, they'll find a place, Lord, and talk to you, whether it's on their knees, whether it's at the altar, whether it's at their pew. I'm asking you, Lord, that they will meet you, talk to you, have communion with you right now. God, that they'll pour their heart out to you. God, that you can minister to them. Reveal to them, give them revelation, Lord that you are the good news. It doesn't matter what we're facing in our life. You are the good news, and your name is Jesus. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Would you find your place to pray?